Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show for you and about you. Those of you that work so stinking hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now to live that life that you love, doing what you love. But most importantly, guys, it's not just about being rich, it's about enriching the lives of others because as a Rippler, you can create that ripple effect through others' lives as you're blessed financially. And that's exactly what we're here to help you guys do today. Thank you for allowing me to be able to create that, that ripple effect through your life. And, and of course, you know, again, thank you for binging and sharing uh, and really making this awesome, right? Like, I appreciate you guys always sharing this with other people and allowing our message to be stronger because if it weren't for you guys, if it weren't for that, I'm telling you, people would be stuck financially. They'd be doing the same old thing, getting mediocre results. And I know you guys don't want ordinary or mediocre results. You want extraordinary results. So thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, as a reminder, you can always go to our website, moneyripples.com. There's great, you know, now there's a lot more great, great, more great content. We've actually made some updates on there. You can actually see that we've even added some pages with playlists and everything else that you could check out. And of course, if you ever have questions, you can always reach out to us at moneyripples.com. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and, and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site, simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right, guys. So I've got a guest here today with us. Um, I've got Jeremy Goodrich here. So now, Jeremy, what's interesting about him is that he's, he's kind of dipped his toe in a lot of different areas, right? But definitely in this alternative investment space. Now is he a passive investor. Uh, he's actually helped commercial real estate investors manage risk, get clarity about their strategy. Uh, he's an owner of Shine Insurance, and he's also the host of the REI Clarity Podcast. So definitely go check that out. Uh, he's been on journey with hundreds of investors as they've unlocked financial freedom through real estate. And so it's kind of like my brother from another mother in a, in a sort of sense, right? Like it's really good to be able to have Jeremy on here today. So Jeremy, welcome to our show. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Excited to chat with your listeners, the Ripplers, and uh, just really help to affect change in the way we think about our finances, the way we think about financial freedom, and the way we take ourselves forward uh, in our financial world. I love it, man. So uh, give us more of your backstory. Tell us more about you. So I've really been an educator for my entire adult life. I was an elementary school teacher for 13 years. And then in 2013, 
I decided to start an insurance agency with my wife and business partner. So I went from like being the most trusted person in people's lives. They dropped their kids uh-huh. off and they hung out with me all day and we had a great time and, and all that kind of stuff to an insurance agent who's like the least trusted person in people's uh-huh. lives, right? It's like that question, okay, how are you trying to scam me or whatever? And, uh-huh. and I really tried to never lose the teacher, just like, how can I educate about whatever it is we're working on? And early yeah. on in my insurance journey, I really focused on real estate and I helped started helping first time home buyers, not just with the insurance piece, but with the entire home buying process. And I started mm-hmm. interviewing people and recording those interviews. Now we've got about 15,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, and that's nice. really escalated from home buyers to uh, single family investors. And now my focus is 100% commercial real estate investors, just helping them purchase and protect uh, their properties. That's great, man. Well, and I know that was something that we've discussed as well before we went on the air is, you know, really what would help the listeners the most. And, and I'll tell you, like, listeners are always wanting to like, they get the latest and greatest deal. But I know that's not really about the deal. Like there's, there's not really, I mean, there are some risky deals out there, of course, right? The nature of some mm-hmm. deals can be riskier than others, but the truth is it's really about who you invest with. I've noticed yeah. that's so much more important, especially if you're a passive investor. And I know you've got some like key questions and strategies people can use to really, really narrow that down and see if they're, they're really taking too much risk or if they're really doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure your listeners have heard on the show many times that it is all about the operator when you're uh, looking to invest passively in commercial real estate. And really, yeah, you want to look at the deal. Yes, you want to look at the market. Yes, you want to understand some of the same things that the underwriters and the active investors and the people who are deciding to offer these deals are thinking about. But ultimately, you want to invest with an operator who has a successful history, who has a strategy that matches your own and who is mitigating risk in the most important ways. I think that understanding the risks we take in life are so important. And just really like, there's two parts to risk. One is understanding the risk itself. What is the risk? Mm -hmm. How does that risk work? And then the second is understanding how to mitigate it, right? So as passive investors, we're looking at, you know, how do we uh, understand, what is the risk? What is the risk with this property? And I would say the biggest risk is the operator, right? Mm -hmm. You could have the greatest deal in the world. And uh, if they're not managing the business plan well, if they're not putting the right people in place, the right tenants in place and everything else, that deal can fall apart. So I think it's really about how to manage that risk. And I I put a ton of my focus when I'm looking at deals in the quality of the operator. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for example, I know I can't teach integrity. You know, like that's something you just can't find in a deal. It doesn't show the performa. (laughs) We've got integrity, right? I mean, that's something that really comes um, from experience or knowing that operator. Yeah. And I think everyone says they have integrity, right? And I I, I certainly see from the inside that not everyone does. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so to be able to suss that out for a passive investor means talking to people who have invested with those people before, means knowing the deals those people have offered before, means looking at their pro formas Mm -hmm. and their underwriting and seeing if you see stuff in there that's just kind of red flags. Like, eh, you know, everyone says they're a conservative underwriter. But mm-hmm. do the numbers really prove it? And I think we're, all that stuff is you're looking for the integrity of the team. Well, let's pretend like somebody's never done a commercial deal themselves. They really don't know what to look for. How would somebody be able to find those red flags? You know, I, I think it's there is some, I think in almost all things, 
you have to trust, but verify. So as mm -hmm. you are starting to get into the world of how, who do I invest with, you've got to do some of that learning, you know, whether it's listening to this podcast, obviously right now, your listeners are doing some of that learning. They're finding out how do I know the difference between a good yeah. deal or a bad deal? You've got to read some books and there's some great ones out there and the information that I know you have on your website. You've got to study what a deal looks like, understand underwriting at a surface level, understand some of the indicators like cap rate and IRR. And well, mm -hmm. you don't have to understand IRR. Very few people actually do understand IRR, mm -hmm. but most of the other numbers, you know, you can figure out. Yeah. And then, you know, then the bottom line is it's, it's just like finding a new dentist or finding a new person to work on your house or finding a new insurance advisor or whatever you ask around and you trust the people around you to help you find people that are going to be the right operators. And of course, after you've done a couple and hopefully not learned the hard way, hopefully learned, you know, had success, then you're going to start to really get your reps and then you can feel people out a lot more. I agree. I've kind of noticed that birds of a feather flock together, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, it used to be, I was looking for any deal that was out there, but after a while it became, all right, who's in my circle? Like, who are the people that are friends of the people that I respect as well? Like who are people I feel are, are of high integrity and, and they're attracted to those people? Because I've noticed if somebody's not in higher integrity, they almost find a way to not associate with us, right? Like they tend to want to just hang outside or just go to somewhere else, maybe where there's more flash, you know, uh, almost like they want more, uh, you know, acclaim, applause, you know, things like that. They right. tend to just go for that sort of thing. And then something that strokes their ego where a lot of people I go for are kind of the, the quieter people, the people that know they're good, um, but they're not just, you know, screaming it from the rooftop saying that they're the goat, right? The greatest of all time, you uh -huh. know, when it comes to syndications and yeah, they right. do 15 to 18% IRR, which everybody claims, right? Mm. You know, they don't do that. You know, they really just, they're, you know, the right people tend to be attracted to the right people. Yeah, I think that, you know, you've, you've got it right there, right? Are they talking about their assets under management and how much money they made and how much, you know, these numbers, these big numbers, are they spending a lot of time on that? Are they spending time on the effect they've had on tenants in a given mm -hmm. property where they turn that property around? Are they talking about the way they took some, you know, a, a property or a portfolio and turned it around from where it was at before to where they took it? And I think mm -hmm. that's a real indicator. If someone's talking about tenants, which a lot of investors, a lot of operators are not talking about tenants. They're talking about the numbers. They're talking about how they can raise the rents. They're talking about, you know, how being able to raise the rent is going to make us all this more, much more money, but they're not talking about the quality experience of who their tenants, the quality experience that their tenants are having. They're not talking mm -hmm. about sort of that ecosystem that they're creating. And I think the great investors realize that the folks who pay the money in are the ones that you really want to take care of the best. And I think, you know, that's just one little tiny piece of the entire business plan when you're putting together an investment mm -hmm. strategy for a, a multifamily complex, but it's an important one. I think a lot of people leave out. Yeah, that's a very interesting perspective to come from because, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say, hey, we've done a great job. We've had these deals that we've paid out our investors, but what have they actually done for those that they're renting from, you know, or the mm -hmm. people that are paying them rent? How are they helping that situation? Are they basically slumlords or are they actually, you know, doing a good job and really creating value add in those situations? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When I'm talking with my wife about, you know, investment opportunities, that's one of the questions she is always asking me, like, 
how are these operators treating their tenants? What is the philosophy these operators have behind their journey? How am I making sure I'm not investing in some slumlord situation where yeah. people are being taken advantage of and given nothing in return? And I think those are really good questions. Yeah. They got to be value creators throughout. They can't just be value creators from the, the money side when it comes to investors. It's got to be also on the, the side of really who they're creating value for, which is providing housing for people that you know, and, and provide a better quality of living, you know, even if it means the rents go up, great. Well, did it add more value so they can justify those rents? Absolutely. I mean, you, it, I'm not suggesting and nor are any good investors that do this, that you shouldn't make good money off of these deals, yeah, right? Like there, you can absolutely make good money. And one of the best ways to, you know, increase rents or make increased rents worth it is to add that value, like you just said, you know, make sure that those values are there, make sure those renovations that you did are good, throw a couple of parties once in a while for your tenants so that they know you love you them, you know, mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things are, are really important. That's great. What are some other things that people can do to kind of, you know, vet out a deal to see if it's really right, the right thing or vet out the operator? Well, I think that, you know, we, we so what have we hit on? We've hit on really referrals, making sure you talk to other investors and other people who are investing in deals, underwriting, making sure you are looking at the deal yourself and having at least a simple understanding of what's going on with this business plan. I think looking at the waterfall and really understanding how money gets paid, what position are you going to be in the capital mm. stack? You know, obviously the mortgage lender tends to be in the first position. And then oftentimes, you know, you start to get these sub groups, which of the subgroups are you? If you're a class B investor, you might be three groups down before you get your money, you know, and right. how does that look? And does that fit what you're comfortable with? Um, a lot of times a class A invest depends on how you set it up, but right above the stack uh, from the mortgage lender tends to be a group of investors who get a set percent, you know, maybe 9%. And they just get that now they're they get that money first before anybody else gets it, but they don't get any more than 9%, right? They don't get any of the upside, any of the sale value or any of that kind of stuff. It's just a set 9% mm -hmm. every month. That's less yeah. risk, right? Because you're, lo mm -hmm. you're lower in the capital stack, but you know, less reward as well. So I think understanding how waterfalls work and how money flows out is another place to really look at deals. And then I think fees is is another mm. place to really look you know if you've got uh, an operator you've got someone saying hey this is a great opportunity to be in you really should invest a hundred thousand dollars and you say to them uh well are you invested in the deal and you say yep i've got a yes. hundred thousand dollars invested in the deal myself then you look at the ac acquisition fee and it's a three or four percent fee and you say well as soon as that deal closed they really get that money back and they really don't mm -hmm. have anything in that deal at all that mm -hmm. may matter to you it may not but it's, yeah. you know, something that I think is just important to see. I just invested in a deal that had a 5% acquisition fee, incredibly high. Right. Wow. And that was a yeah. red flag to me. I was like, well, that that's not cool. What's going on there. And mm -hmm. so I saw that red flag and I asked the questions and it turns out while it is high, and I'm not sure if I agree with this acquisition fee, but the, the purpose of the way they structure it is essentially to get people who find good deals to bring the deals to that operator. So the person who found the deal gets a huge chunk right on the front end. And, and the headhunters. They're yeah. the headhunters, right? So they found mm -hmm. the deal. They, they got, I think, a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, right at closing day. And so by doing it that way, this operator, this group of operators 
is getting all the headhunters out there looking for deals to say, man, if right. I can get a deal to that group of operators, I could get a huge cash payout right at the beginning. Yeah, I'm especially, at the especially in a competitive market like this, like, I can see where that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So it was a red flag to me at first. And then yeah. I dug into it and I understood it. The rest of the numbers looked pretty good. It became less so. But I think mm -hmm. those are some of the things uh, as I'm, I'm digging in that I'm looking at in deals. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Now I was going to mention too, like how much skin do they have in the game themselves, right? How much money are they putting in that's of their own money versus oh, I'm just raising all the capital, I'm managing it, I basically got a job, but you know, there's no downside risk for them, right? Like they got to have their own money at, at risk too. And, and like yeah. you said, I think that's a great idea of, you know, where are you in that waterfall? You know, where, you know, I remember, uh, you know, last recession, you know, the, the hard thing was I'd see people getting, you know, in first trust positions if they did hard money lending. Uh, but then the next thing you know, the next deal they did was a third position, right? And right. so when the deals went south, they got zero, they got yeah. zip. And, uh, and yeah, you really want to see what would happen if, if things were to hit the fan, you know, are you protected? You know, how are their numbers? Are they stress testing those numbers, you know, in the sense where, you know, what if they don't get their projections? What happens if it does worse, you know, if they only hit certain occupancy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And looking at, you know, is a big part of what they're offering you, the appreciation of the property itself. And in commercial real estate, as you know, Chris, it's a little bit, it's about the market for sure, but it's also about how you can force appreciation by increasing rents and things of that nature. And if you look yeah. at the deal and you see that all of the upside is appreciation, then you're really banking on the market That's continuing to go up and the rents being able to be raised. And I think you've really yeah. got to study that and see, do I really believe that? Because that's much more risky than somebody saying, well, look, even if all the rents stay exactly the same and the market doesn't change at all, here's how much cash flow profitable. we have and we're still yeah. profitable. You know, those are entirely different th things that can look exactly the same from a presentation standpoint. That's fantastic. That's really, really good advice. Sound advice there. So, well, Jeremy, I appreciate your time today. Like this really good stuff that we've got here. And, and uh, I mean, what, what else, you know, what, what would be like one final bit of parting advice you give to our listeners here? Well, I think just, you know, understand that you're, pour, you're always pouring from a cup of risk. And, mm -hmm. you know, I am an insurance advisor to commercial real estate investors all over the country. And one of the big things we're doing from really the operations side, right? I'm on the service team to mm -hmm. operators. Um, is deciding what the right risks are and how to take those risks. So as a passive investor, or if you're an active investor, thinking about risk and how do I understand the risk better and better? If you think about doing dil due diligence in the front part of a deal, everything about due diligence is understanding the risk. What risk am I taking with this property? What does it mean I'll have to do for cap capital expenditures and all that kind of stuff? Stuff, understanding the risk. And I think that people who suss out information are understanding the risk better so that they can then take step number two, which is mitigate that risk even more. And those are the people you want to be working with as operators are the ones who really work to understand that risk so they can figure out how to mitigate it. I love it, man. Love it. Well, if people want to reach out to you or follow you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. Well, if you're an active investor underwriting deals, I have a, a really quick ballpark. You can go to shineinsurance.com slash ballpark and get basically ballpark insurance costs by answering nine questions. It'll come to you immediately. So that's a really great, great way to get your reps when you're underwriting deals. If you're a passive investor or anything else, shineinsurance.com, you can find all sorts of information about us. 
Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Again, great, great information. I know that hugely valuable and it might be intimidating for some people to say, oh, this is so much to do. But the thing I just recommend is the same thing you said right there early on was, you know, start the process, just start learning this and get it line upon line, precept upon precept until you get the full picture and you can actually do this better. So uh, uh, such wise advice. Really appreciate your time, Jeremy. And and everybody else, again, you know, this is what we're here for. We want to educate you. We want to bring more hope and prosperity and cash flow in your life today. So go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week. We'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.